Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 158 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I'm Anthony. And we are happy. We're glad. We're excited. We're, it's the end of January. And we get another week to talk about the Bible. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. It, it's it's a good, you know, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it is, well, sorry. Stumbling <laughs> my words. I've only had one drink tonight. I promise. Um <laughs> It is January 26th. Dude, this it's the episode, end of the first month of 2023. This episode will release on February like 3rd. Valentine's Day. Husbands, it's don't soon. forget Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's in like two weeks, guys. So make <laughs> sure you... us reminding you. So don't yes. say we didn't remind you. <laughs> we'll probably remind you again next week, just in all honesty. Just for Mostly fun. just to remind ourselves probably too. Pretty much. Because we're still guys. Anthony, what's up? What's Man. going on with you? It's busy times. It's funny because we just talked about Valentine's Day, and I think I get the like the perfect Valentine's Day this year. So uh, the week of Valentine's Day, we're going to Disney. Oh, that's nice. And so I'm going to have Valentine's Day, and my parents are going with us, and my sister-in-law is going with us. So they'll watch the kids. So they're going to watch the kids, hopefully. Nice. And we're going to get date night in Disney on Valentine's Day. Nice. We're going to well, find out if that if that holds true or not. Have fun with that. We're going to a thing at our church like the Friday or Saturday before. So nice. we're look, looking forward to that. There, so, there's a comedian going to be there or something like that. I don't it's know. not Tim Hawkins, is it? It's not. <laughs> Remember that time we met Tim Hawkins? That was yeah, it was it was something. So <laughs> let's get into our beer review before we go down memory lane too far. <laughs> too far. Um, Anthony, you're drinking um, an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. So Michael reviewed this one a long way back in the yonder years. Um, this Looking is from up, Eagle Brewery, <laughs> the younger years. Uh, oh yeah, Eagle we looked it up last week. This is, yeah, okay, sorry, go it's ahead. Like, was it 105 or something? No, it was the first episode after we dropped the name. That's right. Names and voice changing oh, things. When we, when we caused havoc. <laughs> caused chaos and utter <laughs> destruction is what we did. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know that we've ever actually like recalled the events of that day. I do remember getting a few phone calls that day though. That was fun. I got nothing. I was at work in the, I heard the accountant, um, cause her office was like kind of adjacent to my desk area. Mm -hmm. And after we posted that, she goes, Michael, you have a podcast. <laughs> that's amazing. Sure do. <laughs> and then I kept doing my work cause that's what I was there to do. So that's amazing. Anyway, yeah, I, sorry, was, go ahead. I was in the truck with my boss that day <laughs> and I got a phone call and I, I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting in the truck trying to, trying to like not be too obvious about things and he's like uh -huh. i hang up and he's like what's that about and i was like well so we released an episode today of the podcast he had already known about the podcast and so i told uh -huh. him i was like we released an episode and we didn't use pseudonyms and we told who we are and he was like oh man i bet that's fun <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I never got any calls or texts or nothing. So it was a it was a fun day. Anyway, that's not why we're here. Tonight. Sorry. But, go ahead. What beer are you drinking? <laughs> the beer that Michael reviewed <laughs> such a fateful day um, was the banana bread uh, beer from Eagle Brewery. And yes. Gosh, I'm so in the good. store the other day. And no joke, this is the only Eagle Brewery beer that they have. And it was banana bread. And I was like, Michael's done that. I'm buying it. I'm getting it. And so, yeah, I've got the banana bread and you gave it five Luthers. And so we're going to see if I give it five Luthers because I also like banana bread. It's sweet and delicious. And you said it it tasted like banana bread. Gosh, it is so good. Like, I want to go get go get it now. That's how good it is. I forgot how good it was. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so good. It's going to be like memory lane for a few minutes. Y'all yeah, just bear with gonna, us. We're going to reminisce, and that's okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've got. What do you have for tonight? So tonight I have um, from Angry Orchard. I know they're not. It's not a beer, so y'all chill. Um, Whatever. Was, they're the champions. They're the champions of the big box bash. So just saying. Um, so I was in Publix yesterday, just walking down the beer aisle, not really looking for anything, just walking down it because I had to go get something else. And I saw... Angry Orchard has a variety pack of uh, different flavors of ciders, mm-hmm. and in this variety pack is the their regular crisp apple, um, the dark cherry apple, which I had with dinner uh, last night, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, the sinful apple, which is like cinnamon, I assume. I haven't had any of that yet. And then the one I'm drinking tonight is the baked, natural baked apple pie. Hard cider. Oh man, um, I'm I'm beyond excited for this. Five uh, percent ABV. It's gluten free. In case anyone cares, um, if you're one of those weirdos. And Angry Orchard is based in uh, Pennsylvania and or Ohio. See previous episodes for where Angry Orchard is located. <laughs> well, both are on the both are on the bottle. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, Angry Orchard baked is- apple pie hard cider. This is the first time both of us have had bottles in the same episode. It's been a it, it's a been a minute. minute. Yeah, <laughs> we're also both kind of doing dessert dessert type beers. Yes, we are apple pie and banana bread. Yes. So well, I think we should crack our crack our drinks open and I'm ready. Give each of these things five liters. I'm ready. <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. Hmm. Oh man. Oh, oh this, man. This smells delicious. There's only one way to drink an angry orchard, and that's in your angry orchard glass. That's a, a true statement. Says so the guy who drank an angry orchard just straight from a bottle at dinner. Well, that's... Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, you had to save the glass for tonight. I did. I only have one angry orchard glass. This is... Uh, this is giving me uh, grandma's apple pie vibes. Nice. Dude, this thing smells so good. You're going to drink all of those in like two days. I I can guarantee you. What if I drink all of them like tonight? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't broadcast I do have to go that. to work tomorrow, so probably not a good idea. I wouldn't broadcast that I'd do that. Okay. I'm definitely, so, yeah, I'm definitely not. Smell smell tests on both of them are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should turn up. Let's do it. Cheers. Bottoms up. Oh, man. 
I'm just going to go ahead and do mm. this right now. Yeah. You're going to go ahead and type in that five Luther. I'm going to go ahead and do it for you too. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll wait till you rank yours. I'll go ahead and rank mine. It's every bit of five Luthers. It tastes nice. exactly like a uh, apple pie. Um, it's a little less. So the grandma's apple pie, was that a sour? Remind me. Um, so no, the grandma's apple pie was a goze. Okay. The Westbrook one. Then we had, I did the Fairhope one and you did it too. Cause I sent you some. Yes, you did. So that one was a sour. So this one is not as um, like in your face as mm-hmm. either of those were, but the flavor is still like spot on. It tastes like an apple pie. Like, my only gripe is I can only get three of them at a time, and I have to buy a 12-pack with a 12 other pack stuff deal. in it. Um, but it's so good. I mean... Hey, Angry, Angry Orchard, pay attention here. <laughs> it's that Angry Orchard crisp, and it's light, mm-hmm. um, but the flavor is perfect. It's every bit of Five Luthers is exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, you know, I'm gone... I've alternated Five Luthers for the last, like, several episodes, so... <laughs> but... Angry Orchard coming in with five Luthers. They've still not disappointed any time I've had them. So, yeah. Anyway, how's your banana? Anyway, bread? so the banana bread, it definitely tastes like you're right. It tastes like banana bread. But and I'm I'm going to I'm going to butt this just a little bit. I like my banana bread super sweet. Because okay. like I like really sweet bananas, like almost ripe bananas. Uh-huh. And this is not quite as banana bready as I was anticipating from your previous review. Okay. I was anticipating a little bit more banana bread. Maybe see, I set myself up for failure. See, what's funny about that is I actually prefer my bananas to not be like you, you like yours closer to green, right? Like yes. on the on the greener when side of yellow. Well, yeah, I when, like mine to have a little bit of like brown on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. My ban- like I don't like a green or a bright yellow banana. I, I want mine to like sit for a couple of days before I have it. So that's just my personal preference on yeah. bananas. This is the, um, this is a fantastic beer. Do not get me wrong. This is a fantastic beer. The taste is there. The texture is there. The, I mean, like I'm already halfway done with it. Uh huh. That's how, I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's just not sweet enough for me to give it five Luthers. Just for me, it's it's me. And so I'm going to give it four and a half Luthers. That's right. Because I want it to be a little bit more sweet than it is. But if you do like banana bread, you're probably going to like this beer. Yeah. So because banana bread to me, and that's the thing like banana bread to me is you get the right banana with just a, just the green is almost gone, but it's still perfectly mm-hmm. yellow. Yeah. And then you cook it in that sugar cake, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get this sweet, textury, wonderful goodness, and it's it's great. And I love this beer, and I'm not upset that I have three more to drink. And I hope my wife doesn't steal these this time, like she did my carnival from last week. She what's stole funny one. about what's funny about banana bread, like just not the beer, but like bread, the bread itself, mm-hmm. is that I've seen on Facebook or whatever that if you have bananas that are like too far gone. Mm-hmm. You can just like mash them up and use them make banana in, bread to make banana bread. Yeah. And I've never thought to like, why would I ever think to use ripe, ripe bananas, bananas for banana bread? Yeah. Because it's a little bit, they're a little bit sweeter. To me, they are. They're a little bit sweeter when they're ripe. They get, they get that like 
they taste more like the skin uh-huh. because the skin's deteriorating. Like to me, they taste a little bit more like the skin the older they get. And so, and <laughs> I was like, if you What's like that, that's, that's <laughs> if you like if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. Have at it. I'm happy for you. Um, but I prefer yellow, yellow banana, like just perfectly crisp bananas. Um, so it's a four and a half Luther for me, but this is it's still a fantastic beer. Um, I'm, I like it. It's everything about it is good. It's just not sweet enough for me personally. That's fair. Personally. So that's fair. You can take that as it is. But anyway, so angry orchard just uh, apparently just keeps on slaying it with their apple flavors. Mm-hmm. The apple pie coming in five Luthers. Yep. Uh, Eagle brewery, banana bread, fantastic job. Four and a half Luthers for me. Michael gave it five. He liked it more than I did, which is fine. I was also over almost eight, almost. When was that? Two years ago? Almost two years ago now. March yeah. of 2021. So, I mean, maybe my tastes have changed a little bit. I doubt it's it. In, but It's entirely possible. But anyway, that's a couple of beer reviews for you. We hope you enjoyed that. Stick around because tonight we're going to be talking about the book of Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel and Lecrae had a good song he did with Chris Tomlin. And he talked about bones and, and sinews. And anyway... Um, stick around. We will be right back after this break. Welcome back from that musical break that is the same as it's always been. <laughs> We're never going to change for it. almost two years now. Um, we need we do need to update. We need we need some we need if you if anyone wants to uh, do a voiceover for us, reach out to us. We'll tell you how to do that later. That's right. Um, Submit tonight, your inquiries to Beers and Bible Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Any and all inquiries. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So tonight we are going to continue in our walk through the Bible. Uh, tonight we're uh, discussing the prophet Ezekiel, Old Testament prophet Ezekiel, and uh, Anthony was just Anthony and I both kind of went into this with not a whole lot. We didn't know a whole lot about Ezekiel. No. So we're we're both kind of learning with everyone else here. So um, let's uh, orient ourselves for. Uh, and I've for read the Ezekiel like ten times. <laughs> That's the funny part. <laughs> Like I've read the book multiple times and I still don't know anything about him. <laughs> no, there you go. It's, it's and I think I think what I'm going to find out over the next few weeks is that a lot of these Old Testament prophets like maybe like one or two verses get picked to use as reference mm-hmm. points in preaching, but there's rarely like long passages of yeah. these prophets that are uh that get a deep dive. And so When was the last time your pastor preached expositionally through the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> we're going to have like, picture it's never been done. <laughs> we're going to have like one listener. Who's like, actually we're doing it right now. <laughs> actually. Oscar from the office is going to call. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, okay. we're getting so sidetracked tonight. It's great. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. So tonight Ezekiel, let's, uh, let's set it up and uh, get ourselves kind of situated here. So, uh, the book of Ezekiel is a series of prophecies 
announcing the fall of Jerusalem because of God's departure and the um, subsequent restoration mm-hmm. and eventual God's uh, return mm-hmm. to Jerusalem and his people. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezekiel lived through the Babylonian exile as a younger contemporary of Jeremiah. Um, and this is roughly around 593 to 571 um, BC. Um, and there's really four emphases that we're going to see throughout the book of Ezekiel here. Um, we're going to see the fall of Jerusalem because of her sins. We're going to see the transcendent sovereignty of God. Um, we're going to see the importance of the presence of God to his people. And we're going to see the need for the life-giving spirit and covenant faithfulness. So those are going to be things that come up time and time again throughout the book of Ezekiel. Um, so now that we've kind of set ourselves up, let's mm-hmm. uh, get into some advice for how to read the book. So uh, I would suggest reading the book from beginning to end. Um, that's the first piece of advice I would give. And understand that Ezekiel can is really going to parallel from like the second king, the uh, end of Kings. Uh, I'm sorry, the end of second Kings. Um, specifically the end of Kings. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much the end of Kings, all the Kings. Um, and so, because he does, I mean, it is the end of the Kings because he rounds out the, uh, the Babylonian exile and into 571, which is anyway. Um, so Ezekiel's time is paralleled there to, to second Kings. And you need to watch how the oracles are introduced with questions. Um, Michael can attest to this. I I am a like if you come to me and ask ask a question, most of the time I'm not going to give you an answer. But what I am going to do is I'm going to ask you a question back. Mm. Um, and so th- you you have this kind of this play on words with with questions, and a lot of times the answers to these questions that that God gives is so that you will know that I am the Lord. That's kind of like the expected response is so that you will know that I am the Lord. And we're going to see that a lot throughout Ezekiel. And because of that, we're going to see that Ezekiel, and and maybe this is why I don't, like, even though I've read Ezekiel a bunch of times and I know the things that, that like, happen, it never fully processes for me because Ezekiel is hard to read. Mm. And even though it's hard to read, it should serve as a reminder of our tendency to forget God's laws. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, think about it. That's what Israel's doing. Much of Ezekiel is Ezekiel reminding Israel of the things that, like, Jeremiah said. It's like, hey, right. you know, there's this other guy. He said the exact same stuff that I'm saying, and you guys have already forgotten it. Yeah. So quit being dumb. Yeah. And, and it, it, it keeps coming back to that whole, mm-hmm. like, God's people have heard the message and mm-hmm. they should understand and should, should remember. They should remember all that God's done for them. They should remember how God delivered them out of Egypt and how yeah. they delivered uh, across the sea and, and did all the things. And yet they still like, no, no, we got it now. And then they run to the, <laughs> do their own thing. And God says, ha ha, that's funny. And, and, you know, gives makes their lives miserable and then they're and then people are always like no god come back we need you again (laughs) it's all cyclical (laughs) but again and i feel like we've said this for like a month now how different are we yeah 
in that scenario. The the theme of like the next 10 weeks, all of the profits is going to be like, uh, you do realize that total depravity is a thing, right? Like total you depravity. guys know that, yep. right? <laughs> yep. Total depravity is a thing. <laughs> you you could try to deny it, but it is a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so the dog returns to his vomit. <laughs> there you go. So okay. There's some advice how you can can try to approach Ezekiel, read through Ezekiel. It is difficult. Man, it's difficult to read. Um, you got there. The oracles are just uh, a lot of times they're so hard and they they almost feel disjointed. Maybe and maybe that again, maybe that's my struggle with Ezekiel is everything just kind of seems clunky when it comes mm. to Ezekiel. Like it doesn't really seem like anything's related. But as we walk through it. It is related, and God is telling a story through Ezekiel, and so we need to find it, and we need to focus on it so that we can learn what God is going to teach us through the book and through the prophet Ezekiel. So let's start walking through it. Take us through the first few chapters here. So uh, the first three chapters, we see Ezekiel's call and commissioning. Um, His call happens in the the in his fifth year of exile, um, mm-hmm. Ezekiel is dramatically called and given the task of being a watchman. Um, I actually want to read the section from the book here because I think it's just like a perfect, like a great picture of of how it goes down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from the How to Read the Bible book by book that we're using as our reference for all of this. Um, Ezekiel's call begins with high drama as Yahweh appears to him seated on a magnificent chariot throne borne by four cherubim. To which Ezekiel responds appropriately by falling face down. He is then commissioned and equipped by the Spirit for his exceedingly difficult assignment. Note especially that his commission as a watchman also stands at the beginning of the final series of visions and oracles, uh, Mm -hmm. which will happen later in the book. And so um, God appears to Ezekiel seated on a throne, and Ezekiel falls face down, and then he's commissioned and equipped. Um, and then in the next uh, three, basically through the end of chapter seven, uh, we have the coming siege and doom of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, which is the devastation comes right in after the introduction here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like Anthony said, the words, they will know that I am the Lord um, show up here and come in at the beginning of this section. And they're going to be throughout the book. Yeah, like they will know that I'm the Lord is like a like almost like God snapping his fingers like, hey, pay attention. (laughs) So it's a theme. Um, It is a theme. And then as you as you get to and you kind of introduce that theme there at the end in seven, six and seven, um, you walk into eight and immediately walk into Israel's idolatry and God's departure from Jerusalem. And Mm -hmm. remember now. Like, let's think back here just real quick to the Exodus, okay? The Exodus was God leading them through the wilderness. Yeah. And then at one point, God actually tells Moses, I'm not going to go with you into this into this next section. And he actually tells Moses, you're not even going to go into the land. And then he says, I'm going to go before you, which is interesting because... You know, so many times we think of God's presence as this thing that like goes ahead of us and kind of prepares the way. And it is that, that, that mm-hmm. there is an aspect of that that is truth. But the, the core of what God's people is, 
is that God's presence is with them. It's not behind them. It's not before them. It uh-huh. is with them. Yeah. And and there's there's a certain kind of like when God is not with you, you're in this like this weird wilderness type of you don't really understand. You're trying to figure it out. And so you just just kind of understand that 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 is the scenario that we're in here as we end out the exile, as we move into um, the fall of Babylon, the fall of Jerusalem, the fall of all of it in like 570 at the at the end of Ezekiel. But that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're heading. And so it it all kind of initializes with God's departure from Jerusalem. And this is going to be like 593 time, okay? We haven't quite had the fall of Jerusalem. We haven't quite had the fall of Babylon. That's like the 586. Then you have the fall of Babylon 571. Um, but in a vision, Ezekiel sees the idolatry of Jerusalem like firsthand. He sees mm-hmm. what the problem is. And this paints a picture of the disgust that God has for his people because of their idolatry. Yeah. And then this, obviously, this leads to the deportation of God's people. They're out of Jerusalem, the fall of Jerusalem. The Think, think of the end of Jeremiah. You know, they're, they're coming into that. That's where they are. Um, and this follows through eight through like most of 12. And then like from 12 to the end of 14, you have, again, these false prophets that come in. And these are very similar to Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah struggled with false prophets. Um and so they're also an issue for Ezekiel, but Ezekiel really gets like a quicker vindication. Um, because remember Jeremiah, like he had to deal with them, deal with them, deal with them. And then it wasn't till the end of the book that we actually saw Jeremiah vindicated. Well, mm-hmm. Ezekiel gets vindication like almost immediately, you know, at least in, in the in the words of scripture, the way they're done, 13, 12, 13, and 14. Um, and what we see here is that the pride of Jerusalem is laid bare and the false prophets are exposed and Ezekiel is, is really kind of vindicated right here. And so God is letting Jerusalem know, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving you, but I'm with Ezekiel because he's my prophet. Yep. And that's, what's going to, as we continue down through this story in the next few chapters, we're going to continue to see that kind of motif roll out. So take us through the next uh, several chapters. Yeah. So the next Four chapters, five chapters through uh, chapter 19 is the doom of Jerusalem and her kings. Um, These oracles reflect the exiles in Babylon and the current state of idolatry in Jerusalem. Um, And the people try to make a complaint toward God, but it's rejected and they're called to repentance. God is Mm -hmm. um, basically said, because of your your idolatry, he ain't listening. Um, (laughs) He'll listen, but he ain't going to do anything. Peace Um, out. I do have a. I had a question. So it's we talked about earlier how Ezekiel and Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, is a younger contemporary to Jeremiah. Do you mm-hmm. think they like would have known each other? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, I yeah, I'm yeah asking out of like I don't know. So, uh, all right. So there we go through that. We're through chapter nineteen, um, and then chapters twenty through twenty four is the countdown to catastrophe. I love that. Um, that word. <laughs> That word picture there is great. It's like Y2K um, all over again. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's why be it's, I don't know. Anyway, a series of oracles um, and the unfaithfulness of Israel and what's going to lead to their eventual demise. Um, this is prior to the fall of Jerusalem in 586. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gets us set up for what's next. 
Anthony, go. So we pick up here, chapter 25. Um, we start to focus on the nations here. We start to focus on the people who are outside of Israel and Jerusalem and all that. And this is where you're going to begin to see the transcendent. Now, what we talked about, the transcendent nature of God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Um, God is sovereign over all nations. Okay. And because of that, he 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 reserves the right to use a nation for his own purposes as he sees fit for his glory. Right. And so we've talked a little bit about in, in previous episodes about Babylon and, and how um, he used Babylon for a purpose against Israel. And then he judged Babylon for the thing that he used them for against Israel. Right. And, and I just, I like, I kind of want to park here for just a second because oftentimes in our finite human logic and in our understanding, we see that as God being unfair. And I kind of want to, like, I just want to talk about that for a second, because so many times we think that God has to abide by our logic. Like, we're the ones who understand logic, and God has to fit into our rules of logic. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, God is not bound by logic, especially finite logic. Right. And so just because you think you have logic, just because you think you have a, a set standard of understanding rules doesn't mean that you actually understand what's happening. Yeah. The finite the, the finite cannot understand the, the infinite. The infinite. That's right. And the absolute arrogance that it takes for some people to make statements like that, like baffles me. Yeah. Because you put yourself in a position to call God some kind of like holy arbiter of, you know, chastisement or or this this dispenser of wrath. And you're like, who in the world would want to serve that kind of God? It doesn't matter who in the world would want to serve that kind of God. He is the holy God. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to logically conclude to it. You don't have to rationally describe it. You don't have to, you know, use your free will to come to some conclusion. None of that matters. When you stand in the face of a holy God who is mm-hmm. the purest perfection of all attributes that any finite human could ever understand. Yeah. And to 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 suggest that a God is somehow, I guess, responsible to or has to answer to a finite version of human logic is, I mean, I'll be on, like... I may be going off the off the deep end here, but it's tantamount to the greatest heresy that could ever be portrayed on the human yeah. people. I mean, if if you think about it on its face, like if we could understand why God does anything, why God does what He does, why He mm-hmm. allows the things to happen that He allows, how He works, if we could understand why He let, why He kept going back to Israel time and time again, despite their idolatry, despite yeah. their, um, you know their uh, habitual running and uh, all that. Like if we could understand all that, then God wouldn't be worth worshiping and God yes. wouldn't be worth wanting to have a relationship with. Yes. And if, if we can comprehend God, he's not God. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that was a small little tangent there. Sorry about that. Uh, I've just been th- like, I was thinking about it as I was reading through some of this stuff in Ezekiel, but God goes against the surrounding nations, and these are the nations that he used 
to bring uh, Israel and Judah into submission to himself. You know, they're enemies of Jerusalem and they're enemies of Judah, and he's going to judge them for the acts that they portray that they brought against Jerusalem and Judah. It's it's almost like that phrase, like the enemy of my friend is my enemy. Yeah. But right now, like in that moment, God was using his enemies to, I I hate using like friends as a way to describe Israel, but like Mm -hmm. he was using his enemies to, uh, punish his friends in the analogy. Yeah. But now he's like turning it back on. It's like, well, now my friends, I don't, I, I lost the analogy. It's gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you, if you can figure out what I was trying to say, kudos to you. Yeah. yeah it's gone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not for us to understand. That's the thing about it. It's right. there's no human analogy that we can actually use to understand it. God, right uses a nation for his purposes, and then he has the right to judge those people for the things that they did. Yep. Because they what they did was evil and against God's law. What they, so, did was, what they did was evil, but it was not ordained by God. That's right. God knew they were going to do it, and God didn't step in to stop it, and God used it for his purposes. That's and right. And then he still held them accountable for the things they did. For the things that they did. That's right. So... They did it, but that's that's basically chapters, when you talk about chapters 25, and then we roll into 26, uh, all the way through the end of 28, it's it's pretty much the same thing. He does it to Tyre and Sidon in 26 through 28, but he uses these oracles to expose the pride and arrogance of what Tyre and Sidon did to mm-hmm. Jerusalem, and he uses that to, to bring about their demise. Yeah. And he says, and, this is a rooting your demise. You yeah. were a prideful people. So it yeah. doesn't matter if God used that pride to bring judgment on Israel. That that doesn't negate the fact that you are still a prideful and arrogant people. You yeah. still sinned, period. Yeah. And and he continues that in the next few chapters when he uh goes into Egypt too. I mean, yep. Egypt's responsible for a lot of of what Judah's going through right now. Mm-hmm. And God uses Egypt to mm-hmm. punish Judah and then God judges them for their actions. That's right. And so it is like it would break your brain trying to figure it out. So it's probably best not to even try to figure it out. It's because your brain is finite. Yep, that's true. <laughs> um, and then uh, chapter 33, we see Ezekiel's uh, role. Um, these final oracles transition to more of a hopeful future. Um, I'm like some hope. It's been really down. <laughs> like it's been that cycle the last couple of weeks, like down for a while and then the hope at the end. Uh-huh. Um, Ezekiel fulfills his role of keeping Jeremiah's prophecy of a desolate land uh, from Jeremiah 52. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we move on. Yep. So then we move into uh, restoring God. We we start in chapter thirty four. We start to move towards restoration, um, and we we kind of set this up at the beginning. But Ezekiel is another one of those stories where um, you have all of these judgments, these oracles, and and almost something similar to like the wrath of God falling on certain people, um, and then and then at the end of that, you move towards a idea of hope and restoration and the end of Ezekiel really sets up a a huge and glorious restoration and even to the point where a lot of it is referenced in the New Testament the end of Ezekiel is referenced in the New Testament 
Um, but the first thing he does is he restores him, himself. You know, we see God restored as the shepherd of Israel. Um, this hope really focuses on a kingship, um, mm-hmm. but not the kingship like we've seen for the last, you know, however hundreds of years, the kings of Israel. Um, and what we see is the kings have failed. And so they need to turn to their true king. Who is their true king? Their true yeah. king is, is Yahweh, is God. Yeah. Um, in, in John chapter 10, Jesus actually announces himself as the fulfillment of the prophecy here in chapter 34 of Ezekiel. Hmm. Um, so, you know, read that, parallel those two things together. Um, and then the ne- very next thing is God says, okay, I restored myself as a shepherd of Israel. Now I'm going to restore the land. So the shift happens and you, and you start focusing on the land. Chapter 36 really focuses on, cause it's an Oracle towards the mountains of Israel. And so you see yeah. this like Oracle towards the land and the goal here is to produce a future for God's people. And it's going to be a future that, that is, um, has a land attached to it. Um, and, and we, we see that now and don't get so much tied up on it actually being a physical land right now, because obviously Jesus is coming, going to come into the picture here, uh, in just a few more books. When we get to the new Testament, we're going to see Jesus. And the ultimate goal here is to focus on Christ as the King. Yeah. And, you know, Christ is going to be established as the king, and then he is going to bring about the future land, which is, you know, what we're all waiting for as the church, uh, church of God. So um, that gets us through the Israel, uh, the shepherd, and then it gets us to the land. Take us through the next couple of sections. Chapters 30, the rest of 36 through chapters 38, we see God's honor in Israel. Israel is cleansed and given Mm -hmm. a new spirit to live by. Um, and Paul develops this thought out in Second Corinthians chapter three. So mm-hmm. uh, parallel uh, that chapter with this section right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chapter thirty-seven, uh, God, God's people and His covenant are restored. Um, for God's people to be restored, they must be resurrected by God's Spirit. So that's mm-hmm. a little of foreshadowing to the New Testament as well. Yep. Um, and uh, this is done through God uh, giving His people a new heart. Um, the new heart that we talked about in chapter 36. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll also be restored under the one Davidic king um, who will be Jesus mm-hmm. in the land. <clears throat> yep. And then uh, to, to kind of wrap up Ezekiel, the last 10 chapters, really, you, you spend chapters 38 and 39 really restoring um, the supremacy of God, the, the sovereignty of God. Um the restoration of Israel is finished um, when God exercises his sovereignty over all nations. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, parallel this to what happens when Christ comes. You know, Christ comes and he lives the life that we deserve, or I'm sorry, that we should have lived. And then he died the death that we actually deserve to die. Uh-huh. And so he finishes the work. He finalizes the work. And therefore, all nations are put into subjection to him. Yeah. So Christ is the king. Uh-huh. Whether a nation re- accepts that or not, Christ is the king. And so we're living in a time now where we're Christ is the king and we're anticipating and waiting for his return mm-hmm. to restore the land. And and that you know, you read the book of Revelation, you get the new heavens and new earth. All of that is there. Um but this chapters 38 and 39 really set up the final eight chapters of Ezekiel, which are 
the restoring of God's presence. So remember exactly what we talked about when we when we started this, when we talked about the Exodus and God's presence either being before them or behind them, and it never actually being with them. Yeah. And just think for a minute, let's think about a couple of New Testament things where um let's think about the ascension. When when Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, I, you know, I'm going to prepare a place, but I'm sending to you a helper. Uh-huh. And and that helper is the Holy Spirit. So we have in this present age, we might feel like we're Israel in the in the wilderness. We might feel like we're in exile. But Christians, we have to realize that we have God's presence with us. Right. Jesus said he's going to send a helper and he will be with us. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is God. If you believe in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God. Mm -hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so we have God's presence with us at all times. We have something that Israel never had. Yeah. Or a lot of times didn't have. You know, they had the tabernacle and they had, you know, they had the pillar of fire and 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 they had these supernatural activities. But we have the Holy Spirit. We have we have something that no matter what we do, like the spirit's not going to leave us. Yeah, like this, like God's presence left Israel. Yeah, for their because in direct response to their idolatry, to their mm-hmm. sins, to because he couldn't be around it. Yeah, because he couldn't be present in it. And the Holy Spirit, once we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, and we're gifted this Holy Spirit. We can't lose it. That's right. It's not going to leave us. It can't. It, it's no. it's like bound to us. Yeah. So be be encouraged by that because we have. You can read the story of Israel in the Old Testament and the prophets declaring mm-hmm. the words of the Lord. You can read that and you can feel for these people because we have something far greater than what they had. You know, we have yeah. the Holy Spirit with us, and that's the restoring presence of God among his people. Yeah. And then we look forward to the day when all of this is finalized and the new heavens and the new earth are here. You know, the end of Revelation. We're not there yet, but we can look forward to that day. But as an encouragement until we get to that day, we have God's presence now. Yeah. We don't have to wait. We don't have to look for it. We don't have to go somewhere to get God's presence. We don't have, yeah. you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, the, and, and I'm not talking pantheism here. I'm talking God's real active spirit. The Holy spirit lives and works and moves through his people in the entire earth. Yeah. You know, uh, this is, this might be contrary to what some people believe, but God does not only work in America. God works all over the world. Right. And he will continue to work all over the world because he is not a God of borders, and he's not a God of, you know, the Americans. He's a God of all people. And and the, the quicker we realize that, the better we will understand that we live for something, as Christians, we live for something bigger than the country we live in. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for being patriotic and all of those good things, but understand that that's not your ultimate allegiance. Your ultimate allegiance is to the Spirit of God and to what? God's work is doing across the nations. Yeah. All nations. Yeah. And so we have to be ready for that and we have to be antis- in anticipation for that. 
in, ex- in expectation for it to come. So that's uh that's that's what I've got for the book of Ezekiel. You got anything you want to add to it? I do not, but I would love to pray for us tonight before we get out of here. Do it. Let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for uh, who you are. Thank you for tonight and the uh, opportunity we have to discuss uh, the book of Ezekiel and what it means, what it says, what it says about you and your character, your nature, God, um, and what we can uh, take from it and apply it to our lives. Uh, Thank you that you're not a God that leaves us um, deserted trying to figure things out. Thank you that uh, you've sent a helper, that you've sent the Holy Spirit to to live in us and dwell in us and to be with us at all times um, so we can have direct access to you and uh, your son, to Jesus. And so, God, I just pray that um, tonight um, we've uh, spoken clearly. I pray that we've uh, presented Ezekiel well. Um, it's a difficult book to read, but God... It's part of your word, and it's, we know that all scripture is uh, God-breathed and um, profitable. So, um, God, I pray that uh, anyone who's heard this or hears this has learned something and can take something and apply it to their lives from, uh, from the book of Ezekiel tonight. Um, I pray that uh, we're all encouraged to, to spend more time in your word and more time learning about you, more time... Uh, learning about your nature and learning who you are and and what you've called us to be and who you've called us to be. So Jesus, um, let's pray that you um, have been honored and glorified in everything we've done here tonight. Um, And I pray you continue to um, just bless and uh, be with us as we go forward. Uh, We love you, Jesus. We thank you for um, all the blessings you poured out on us and we look forward to what you will continue to do in our lives and uh, through us. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Anthony, if our listeners wanted to follow us on socials or reach out to us via email, how would they go about doing so? So to hit us up on all of the social media platforms, you can visit Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can hit us up on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can hit us up on the Facebooks or the Metas or whatever they're calling it these days at by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. And you can email us old school style at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up with all of your recommendations and all of your heresies. And we'll be glad to put those onto the podcast and call you a heretic um, or not. Do it. Do it. Well, until next week, we hope that your beer stays cold, your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.